to download it, but I need it. I need my geeky goodness. I need it. Wait, I need Wait, no, no. Hello, everyone. This is Rico, yes, and this is Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly geeky podcast about Star Trek sci-fi collectibles and all kinds of fun like that. Hulk likes Treks in Sci-Fi. Hello, yes, and welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi. Thanks a lot to Rob for doing that little Hulk out uh, intro to the show. That's a lot of fun. And, of course, the Hulk movie came out this weekend. I'll be talking about that a little bit since I went to see it yesterday. Today will, uh, or is, uh, June 15th. It's Father's Day, June 15th, 2008. Happy uh, Father's Day to every all the rest of the fathers out there listening to the show this will be podcast 178, uh, and uh, we're going to be looking at a Voyager episode, Unforgettable. Uh, we're going to do a full commentary on that. I uh, have some Trek and other sci-fi news and discussions about some of the stuff going on on TV shows and a whole lot more. So sit back, relax, and uh, let's get going. Rico. Re, 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 Rico. Trexin sci-fi. Trexin sci-fi. Captain. Incoming message. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. Proceed. Shut up, Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. Working. Working. Unable to comply. A weekly dose of sci-fi Star Trek information. Engage. I think we're in a lot of trouble. That's a great help, Mr. Chekhov. Well, I think Mr. Chekhov's right. We are in a lot of trouble. Spock, and if you say we're in a lot of trouble, we are. I know this is like the back of my hand. Hello, everyone, and yes, again, welcome to the show and to the podcast. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. Welcome to the show, and... For the uh, new listeners, welcome, and to the older, uh, long-time listeners, welcome back. Uh, you may notice my, uh, just a little word of warning, uh, my voice is a little off this week. I, I seem to have uh, gotten myself a little bit of a, a spring-summer cold in the last couple of days, was feeling kind of off, and and now it's kind of uh, taken hold a little bit more. i uh, been trying to fight it off, been taking all this... Uh, you know, they've got these products out now that are supposed to, like, the first signs of a cold, you take it, these zinc tablets and this airborne stuff. I don't know. I've tried, like, three or four different things. Uh, I'm not feeling really that bad. My energy level is pretty good. It's just my voice and, and uh, a little bit of a stuffed head. But uh, we will uh, continue on because I know everyone, you know, can't, uh, you know, if you get don't get your uh, weekly dose of Trex and Sci-Fi, I don't want you hulking out on me, so... Uh, we will uh, continue with the podcast. What's going on in the world of sci-fi? Stay tuned. Here's the news. Like I mentioned earlier, I did go out and see yesterday uh, the new Hulk movie. It uh, opened on Friday, and I went out on Saturday. Saw so with uh, my friend Mark, and I went to see it uh, matinee uh, showing, which. Uh, Actually, at this theater we usually go to, they've lowered the matinee prices by a couple of dollars, so that was kind of a nice surprise. But anyway, to the movie, of course, this is the second Hulk movie, The Incredible Hulk. Uh, it is uh, starring Ed Norton, this time in the role of Bruce Banner slash The Hulk. Uh, Liv Tyler is in it, and uh, a good cast overall. I think the, a more solid cast maybe than the first movie. I thought they did a good job with this. It uh, 
was more of a banner on the run story and then you know the the military and ross trying to capture him and uh bring him back in and all that kind of stuff uh but it was uh, straightforward. Uh, he's sort of working on a cure, and I'm not really giving anything away that you don't see in the previews. But uh, it was really well done. the The effects were pretty good. Uh, it, it's it's very hard, I think, for them to do a, a, a realistic Hulk. But I, I think they're getting better and better and closer to it uh, in these movies. This one definitely looked a little more uh, kind of uh, I don't know, how do you describe it? A little more animal like and a little more vicious looking than the Hulk in the. Uh, first movie the green is way toned down this time and uh he doesn't come off as this fluorescent green hulk uh but anyway uh be, beyond all that uh it was a solid movie i think if you enjoy uh this type of thing and comic book uh stuff you'll enjoy this film and uh there's a fun little cameo towards the end of the movie as well too so look look for that when you go to see it it uh but I, I definitely uh, think if you like this you should go see it in a the theater because uh it's got a lot of neat stuff in it and neat effects so Check it out, The Incredible Hulk, now playing in theaters everywhere. What's the latest on the new Star Trek movie? Let's find out. Well, of course, uh, the Star Trek movie, we are less than a year away from the release in May of 2009. And uh, this week, I, I thought to bring you up a little bit and uh, give you a little bit of a treat. Uh, e! Online did a... Uh, a brief little interview and, and talk to uh, Zachary Quinto, of course, who's playing Spock in the movie. And uh, he has a few words to say about working on the movie in this uh, short clip. I think it's a little less than two minutes long, a minute 45 or so. And, uh, well, take it away, E! Online with Zachary Quinto. I am so excited to see you in Star Trek. How was the whole experience for you? It was incredible. It truly... Uh epic, overwhelming, uh, exciting, really challenging at times, you know, but uh, I had a great time. I learned so much, and now I'm so excited to come back to the show and to this environment that's so comfortable and familiar and supportive and let those lessons sort of reveal themselves through this, continue. like, it's great to go from one thing right back into something else, like, I feel really, really blessed for that, and uh, just excited to be back with my peeps, you know. The way that everything panned out, we're actually not going to be missing you on Heroes no, at all, right? No, not even one. It's nice that you orchestrated that whole strike. Yeah, yeah. Sorry sorry about that for the rest of Hollywood, but it, it worked out in a, an, an unbelievable way for me. Um, I felt I felt really conflicted about it when it was happening, you know? But in retrospect, obviously, I'm really... Now that it's over and everybody's back up and running, I feel like it was a pretty great, uh, uh, fortuitous timing. Somebody situation. upstairs likes you, Yeah, right? somebody upstairs has my back, I think. Yeah. What can you tell me about Siler in the new season? It's it's uh, crazy, it's crazy. Well, you know, volume three villains, so uh, so he, he has a strong presence this year again, and uh, as do some new villains. And uh, you know, true to form on the show, nothing is as it seems, and uh, I think we're really going to get back to a sense of like good old fashioned good versus evil. You know, like that season one kind of. Uh, Build up and that anticipation of a, of a clash, and uh, you know, there's really going to be something for all the heroes to be working against, which I think is uh, is is exciting, and uh, and and also what fans sort of uh, love. You know, it's what they thrive on, so we're excited about it. Well, there you have uh, again Zachary Quinto talking a little bit about the Trek movie. Sounds like he said he had a good time and uh, a lot of fun. Learned a lot of, uh, you know, it's good for actors to get a chance to stretch like that and. When somebody's working on a television series, they don't usually get that opportunity, like he said, and it was really going to impact uh, his uh, ability to do both uh, the Trek movie and Heroes at the same time. But since the writer strike happened, uh, it sort of that happened during the time he was filming, uh, or just about filming. Actually, it was almost the exact same time. Uh, like he said, it was uh, really fortuitous and. Somebody's kind of watching over him because November, the writer's strike, I believe, happened around the same time the Trek movie started to film. And the filming of the movie ended about the time the, the strike uh, was over. So, uh, And now we'll be back in season three of Heroes, which, of course, everyone listening to uh, to this podcast knows is another favorite of uh, everyone listening to the show, I think, here and uh, myself. So there you have Zachary talking a little bit about Trek and Heroes. A little, uh, few other little tidbits of Trek news and things like that. There was kind of a disappointment over this past weekend. Uh, there was a, uh, a convention, a Trek convention, along with some other uh, stars, or supposed to be some other stars, some from Galactica. Uh, this thing called FedCon USA, 
It uh, was taking place down in Texas, and it uh, got canceled sort of mid-show. I think on Saturday they came out and announced the show due to poor attendance was being shut down. Uh, this convention, it was uh, is a pretty big disappointment. I guess John Billingsley, who played uh, Phlox on Enterprise, was there. He gave a little bit of a talk. And uh, just after his talk, the guys came out and said, well, we're closing up the show. And I, you know, I think this maybe happened a few times rarely in the past and at different conventions over the years, but it's a very rare thing. I've never heard of mid-show. I've heard of conventions being canceled before they even get started due to, you know, poor pre-ticket sales and that kind of stuff. This was organized primarily by a guy named Tim uh, Brazil, who was uh, or I think that's how you say his last name. He was a guy who really was beating the drum to save Enterprise. He was involved a lot with the Save Enterprise campaign. Uh, seems like a decent guy and a nice guy, but I think he just got a little in over his head. Maybe there wasn't enough promotion for this convention. I'm not sure what happened. There was also some some uh, talk about uh, some of the stars from Galactica, Aaron Douglas, who plays Tyrrell. And James Callis were supposed to be there, but they never showed. Anthony Montgomery from Enterprise was also a no-show. And some of the discussion going on is that they never received the plane tickets. You know, typically, uh, convention guests like this get paid their expenses, you know, airfare, hotels, food, things like that. Plus, I think they also, depending on the level of the celebrity, get paid a small amount for the, you know, just showing up and being there. But they never were, uh, I guess, the they said that they never received their tickets to go to the show and... That that's a bad sign, really. So it's 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 unfortunate. It, it kind of gives things a, a bad stigma a little bit. But of course, there are a lot of other big conventions coming up this summer. Comic Con. Uh, there's a big uh, Trek convention by Creation, of course, every year in Vegas in August. And I'm sure those will go off without a hitch. But it's kind of too bad for Tim. I I, I feel for the guy. You know, it's it, you know he's just a fan. Loves Trek. Loves things. And for something like this to happen to him, that's unfortunate and i hope people aren't too uh you know waving the pitchforks and the torches and stuff for him because it just happens these things sometimes are out of your control and you get in a little too deep uh and don't know uh, and you know it's maybe uh maybe it was the right thing to do to to end it midstream like that i don't know i'm not really sure i didn't get couldn't find any attendance numbers how many ended up at the show but uh it's again too bad and i'm sorry for tim and everyone else who was involved and who tried to go to the convention but uh, didn't get what they had expected. But they are refunding the the money and the ticket prices to the people. So that they are doing the right thing, which uh, I have to hand it to them. That's, that is a good uh, situation. And people, you know, if you went to the convention, you're getting your money back. So, you know, relax a little bit, all I can say. So uh, I think that's it for, uh, for that bit of news. When you're not listening to Treks and Sci-Fi and our friend Rico... Please listen to the Anomaly Podcast. You can find us online at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Got a couple other uh, tidbits and things to pass on before uh, we get into the uh, Voyager episode. The the first one, this, the third part, the last part to Star Trek of Gods and Men, which is this tremendous fan film uh, even really more a pro film, in my opinion, because there's so many professional actors and behind-the-scenes people working on it. The third part just came out. Uh, just go over to Star Trek of Gods and Men, and you'll be able to see that part, the final part of this three-part movie. Uh, that's just got so many cool stars from all the different Trek shows and even other shows. Even back to uh, the original Galactica, there's somebody from that show that if you were a fan of that, you'll recognize him. He's in this third part of the film. So check it out. Uh, it is all out now, and uh, there's some tremendous effects and battles in this last part, too, which I thought was a lot of fun. I watched it yesterday and uh, really enjoyed it quite a bit. So check that out. And I also wanted to mention just briefly that the last uh, episode of sort of the to, before the mid-break here, or the long break of Galactica, it just aired on Friday night. And, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to spoil it or give anything away because this podcast is coming out just a couple days after it, but... That episode, the last few episodes of Galactica have just been just amazing. I, we talked to quite a bit last week on the Skype cast, but, you know, the actors, the story, j- just the way the whole episode is pulled together is, is just incredible. This show deserves so many awards. It deserves such a bigger audience that it's probably getting even on sci-fi. I know it's a popular show, but uh, everyone really should be seeing this. This is just a great uh, bit of TV and great drama 
and the sci-fi elements of it are even just sort of in the background to a degree, I think. Uh, it's just every all the actors are really stepping up and giving it all they got. And I think one of the things I was thinking about, a lot of that I think has to do with their – they know, they knew at the beginning of this season that this was it. This was their last season. So they're just not holding back. And I think that that's a great thing. There's not a lot of TV shows that have that opportunity. Some do. But most of the time they don't, and, I, and I'm really thinking that Lost is another show that we have this kind of potential looking forward to. There are two uh, seasons of Lost coming up still, but I think the last season, and maybe even the you know even in next year's season of Lost, it showed this year. Excuse me, my voice <coughs> is dying a little bit. Uh, Lost, I think, also has the potential to just really just have such a big, uh, you know, in a way, a finale that'll last a season or two, perhaps. But I think there's a lot to be said for knowing when you're going to end a show that you can just let everything out and let everything loose and and just go for it. And I really, again, have to hand it to Ron Moore and everyone working on Galactica. This show is just great. So check it out. You won't be disappointed. And just the last tidbit that I wanted to pass on, a little bit of news. There's a new sort of uh, sci-fi show, uh, a little quirky, kind of fun, family more type of show, family more, family type of show, because it's on ABC Family, that's coming out on uh, tomorrow, uh, June 16th. This premiere is on ABC Family at 8 uh, Eastern Time on the, uh, again, ABC Family cable network. The show is called, uh, did I say? I don't think it did. Excuse me, a little... uh, you know, head fuzzy today. Head fuzzy, head mm, Hulk smash, Rico smash. <laughs> anyway, th- this show is called The Middleman, and I don't really know that much about it yet. I've seen the previews. There is a sneak peek. You can watch the first premiere episode on iTunes right now. Uh, but again, it's called The Middleman. It looks like something about fighting aliens, but there there looks like there's sort of a lot of comedy elements in it as well. Uh, I would. Uh, I'm definitely going to be checking it out, especially since the summertime is a little weak on TV shows to see, and this one looks like a fun one. So check it out, The Middleman, on ABC Family, starting June 16th at 8 Eastern Time. The first phaser. Stun seems to work. The first threat. It's a Klingon. A Klingon. The first transporter. I think I'm quite ready to have my molecules compressed. The first captain. Let's go. The first Enterprise. From the very first episode, for the first time on Sci-Fi, Enterprise. Monday, 7 to 11 on Sci-Fi. Yeah, there's a little uh, promo for Enterprise. It's actually Enterprise is showing on the Sci-Fi channel now on Tuesdays, I believe, because uh, Next Generation is showing on Mondays. So check those out on the Sci-Fi channel. It's now time to get into the fourth season episode, Unforgettable, of Voyager. I'm going to do a full commentary about this, so I won't say much now. Let's get to it. start collecting deuterium. Seven suggested a series of modifications to the Bassard collectors. Problem is, I didn't realize the extent of the modifications until after we'd begun the sweep. I mean, not that there was anything wrong with them. In fact, efficiency is up 23%. In a nutshell, Harry. The collectors are almost full, but I can't tell exactly how full until I realign my sensors with sevens. Why didn't you just say so? Next time, we're closer with her from the start. Closer. Right. Sorry about so, that uh, little uh, you're going beep to there. I was adjusting the volume. <laughs> so it's here we are fun. on the bridge, and uh, Very funny. usual way to start an episode of Voyager. What was that? Are you getting feedback from Seven's modifications? Negative. Report. I am picking up proton surges just outside the ship. The first was off the port beam, and the second two were off the starboard bow. On screen. There's nothing out there. Whatever it is, it's getting closer. Red alert. Janeway to astrometrics. Yes, Captain. Use the astrometric sensors to scan for the disturbance. I'm detecting close-range weapons fire. Source? Proton surges suggest two cloaked ships engaged in battle. With us caught in the middle. Invasive maneuvers. I, I always wonder about Voyager with things like, like this. You know, space is so darn big. It's amazing week after week they run into something of course, that's, that's what there the show is, is all about, uh, but it, it does seem uh, a bit amazing. I guess you could say the rest of the time, no uh, they're not running We're into stuff, hailed. you don't really Audio see only. it, so uh, 
but but again, Chakotay, it, it's interesting to me always. Your help. Ah, somebody knows Chakotay. He's just, uh, you know, they're like, hey, I need your help, Chakotay. Help me, Obi-Wan. Oh, trying to get too silly. I uh, hopped up on cold medicine and stuff during this episode. Uh, analysis, commentary, jibber-jabber. Jibber-jabber. Who says that a lot? Doesn't somebody say that a lot? Jibber-jabber. I don't know. I, uh, like I said, too much Nagel-Nagel uh, mixing him up. And uh, now we just have the awesome Voyager theme music here. Another uh, great part of this episode, or episode of this series, is the music... Uh, here is uh, Jerry Goldsmith doing the Voyager theme. I think I've mentioned before when I've done Voyager episodes, I, this is probably one of my favorites of the themes and opening sequences. I just think it really shows how they're out there exploring, uh, you know, this faraway quadrant and, you know, the Delta Quadrant and them trying to get back home. I really think it conveys that a lot. So this episode, Unforgettable, was kind of a favorite of mine just because I like the concept of it. And I thought it was something that, uh, I just tapped the mic, sorry about that. Uh, I thought it would be something that would be fun to cover. Uh, I like the idea of, of memory, and, you know, they, they've done movies and different TV shows about memory and losing your memory and getting it back, and, and I, I'll do some analogies and comparisons as we talk about this. There's the movie, of course, Memento, uh, that movie with Adam Sandler, 51st Dates, and, and there's a whole bunch of others, I think, but... This episode, I think, uses a lot of that, and, but they do it in a kind of a unique Trek Voyager way, so uh, I think it's a fun one to look at. Now back into the episode, uh, first act. There's a small craft that just sort of uh, appeared in front of Voyager now. This is Commander Takote. Who are you? There's been an explosion on the vessel. The hull is destabilizing. Life support is offline. Beamer directly to sickbed. Targeting our coordinates. I've lost her. Trying again. I don't understand. I get a clear lock, then it drops out. If we can get an away team over there, we could stabilize her ship and tractor it in. Do it. Tom, Tuvok, let's find out what's going on. They're over on the ship. Uh, it's looking pretty Oxygen beat up. Uh, dangerously pretty low. dark. This is written by Greg Elliott. Tom, try to get uh, and another guy. We just missed the credits. No I'll try to look that up in a second. See if you can stabilize the hull. This also episode uh, was directed by Andrew Robinson, who uh, played Garrick, of course, on Deep Space Nine. So that's pretty interesting, I thought. Can you hear me? Chicote, is it you? Yes. I'm going to get this bulkhead off you. Reaching for my uh, handy-dandy uh, Star Trek Voyager companion here. I'm going to pry the bulkhead off you. When I say now, get ready to roll out of there like your life depended on it. All right. Ready? Well, I think her yes. life does depend on it, Jacoby. Oh, obviously. Uh, the writers here, Greg Elliott and Michael Pericone. Chicote to Voyager. Directed, to yes, directed by Andrew Robinson. How is she? I'm not certain. When I scan her, the readings won't stay in the database. Luckily, I'm a master of visual diagnosis. She has a minor concussion and a compound tibular fracture. Nothing life-threatening. I can repair the damage. Did you find out how she knows you? Not yet. 
this uh, this actress here, Virginia Madsen, uh, has done some great stuff over She's the years. Uh, really, a fun little movie that she did years ago called Electric Dreams. Electric Dreams is a favorite of mine. So, Don't be frightened. Uh, probably You're one of my influences here. for doing this episode, just because I like this actress a lot. Captain, please, I need asylum. You must let me stay on your ship, and we've got to get away from here. They'll be coming after me. Slow down a minute. Oh, sure. I have a no few problem. We've got first. an extra, you know, room Who somewhere. And how do you know my first officer? It's a complicated story. I'm not... I'm not sure quite how to begin. But if you don't give me asylum, they're going to track me down, and they're going to take me back. And I don't want to go. We won't turn you over to anyone without knowing the whole story. Thank you. Chakotay. I want you to stay with her. She seems to trust you. Maybe you'll be able to find out what this is all about. I hope so. Keep me informed. Yeah, Chakotay, you're like the Kirk Once of Voyager, aren't you? She'll need some bed rest. Will you stay with me? Of course. And I'll be fine. There. That should do it. I'd ask you to monitor her vital signs, but since they aren't registering, I suppose there's no point. <laughs> and the doctor's like just kind of hanging out there and he's like... Catalog. I suppose I'll get to it. Maybe I should, uh, maybe I'm a third wheel, I should leave here. Is he gone? Yes. Then we're alone. In a manner of speaking. Can you start clearing up a few things now? I'll try. It's complicated. You see, we've met before. If that were true, I'm sure I'd remember. No, you wouldn't. You couldn't. You see, the memories of my people can't be held in the minds of other races. When we encounter others, which we do infrequently, they remember us for a few hours. But then the memories fade away. We're completely forgotten by the next day. Is this done through technology? Telepathy? It's a factor of our biology. You see, our bodies produce a sort of pheromone which blocks the long-term memory engrams of others. Is that why the tricorder can't scan you? Why we couldn't get a transporter lock? We're impervious to those sort of devices. Your ship's yeah, equipped as well. Uh... When you live it's a little a convenient too. I can almost buy the biology part of it, but also the, the, you know all the electronic equipment uh, is erased as well. I guess I could sort of swallow that. I mean, it's sci-fi. Ago. What do you want? But uh, it's it's pretty interesting, of course. Uh, and uh, there's a unique twist to that towards the end several of the episode. Weeks. You and I worked closely together. You helped me a great deal. Then I left. Knowing that you would forget everything about me. Then why did you come back? Why the battle? Why ask us for asylum? I know you want everything in a nutshell. That's the way you work. But I have to tell you the whole story before it will make sense. Fine. I'm listening. I came back. Because I fell in love with you. Uh-oh. That's Chakotay, yeah. The ladies' guy on Voyager. Although Paris is pretty good, I thought, she comes too, from as well. Ramura. It's a closed and poor society Harry that Kim. What did he have, like, one romance or two Apparently, through the whole seven seasons? That wanted out. They're trying to bring her back. That's why she's asking for asylum. But you say that she claims she was on Voyager before this. About a month ago. She says she's a tracer. A kind of bounty hunter who tracks down people who try to leave their world. She found a runaway hiding on Voyager. She was here. But nobody remembers it? That's what she says. But I think we have to find a way to verify her story. 
I was looking at her ship. It uses a sophisticated polarization technique that causes our sensor scans to pass right through it. She could have been shadowing us for quite a while. And learned enough about us to convince us she's been here before. But why? Why go to that trouble? And what about the battle with that other cloaked ship? She put herself in danger. Yeah, well, it's, it uh, it's an interesting conundrum, you know. Somebody comes aboard, you kind of have to. But I think we have to make sure she doesn't have something. There's no way to really verify this. So if she was here, do you there believe be her or not? It. Uh, it's it's tricky, and of course, Chakotay was planted is, is to probably going to be a little more on the side of believing her since they formed this romance eventually. Tubok, Tom, do the same with her ship. See if the navigational logs support what she's saying. Gentlemen. I agree we should take precautions. But you seem very suspicious of her. I want to make sure we're not being manipulated. I agree. If yeah, we he's suspicious asylum, for now, but we'll that, position of, of course, will change in time. To admit to that, we should certainly find out if she's telling the truth. I'd appreciate your thoughts on that. Aye, Captain. I have successfully downloaded the navigational logs from your vessel. Good. Now, compare them with your own logs over the last two months. Display Voyager's route toward the Alpha Quadrant. Now overlay my route. There, you see? Our ships travel together for at least two weeks. You could have falsified your navigational logs. There's no proof that you ever came aboard Voyager. That's what I always liked about you two. Such unyielding logic. Such refreshing skepticism. Run a diagnostic on my logs. You'll find they haven't been altered. How's it going? Her story seems to be legitimate, but there are further steps to take. Then take them. I thought you might like to get something to eat, unless your memories of our mess hall aren't good. As a matter of fact, I was quite fond of Neelix's food. Now that's something that's hard to believe. <laughs> the, uh, uh, you know, the, the idea of getting the logs being manipulated or changed, uh, what does that signify? Seems, I'd you know, not engage like it's possible or... But it's, it you know, it's another thing they need to check out. And they're doing all the right stuff here to, to verify her story. I think our guests will enjoy this, Commander. A fried soy meal, buttered carrots, and a delightful almond pudding. Sounds wonderful. Very nice. Thanks, Neelix. You were very diplomatic. Why do you say that? You hate carrots. Fried food upsets your stomach. And you refuse to eat pudding because you think it's slimy. Right? I'm curious. When you were here before, you said we worked together, but you also said you were here to retrieve a runaway. How was I involved? Aren't you more curious to hear about how we fell in love? We? You said you were in love with me. You didn't say I felt the same way. If you hadn't returned the feelings, do you really think I would have taken such a terrible risk to get back to you? Yeah, so uh, we get to hear Let's a little bit about Chakotay's eating habits here and what he likes and doesn't like. Uh, that was easy. And, the hard part uh, was looking for the runaway. It's, uh, it's kind of funny, I thought, just I because two days on the ship he's on his whole plate of food he doesn't like. No club. carrots, no pudding, no fried foods. What's he going to eat? And then I met you. So now they're doing a little bit of a flashback here, going back and showing uh, when she first was aboard Voyager. direction. I don't want to hurt you. Put your weapon down. On my ship, I give the orders. Put yours down. I don't mean you any harm. You have a stowaway on board. I'll retrieve him and we'll be on our way. That's not the way we do things here. Chakotay to Tuvok. I'm in Cargo Bay 2. I have our intruder. Understood, Commander. You're about to find yourself outnumbered. If you want to give me your weapon and explain what's going on, I'll listen. Yeah, a little bit of a standoff there, but uh, something about Chakotay, of course, is uh, makes her trust him. I felt an attraction right away, but I couldn't afford to get distracted. I had work to do, and I didn't know if you felt it too. What happened next? You took me to Captain Janeway. I explained the situation, 
She didn't like the idea of a stowaway on her ship, so she told you and Tuvok to work with me to flush him out. And did we? You keep trying to jump to the end. You're skipping all the parts about us. And you keep trying to talk about your feelings. I'd rather you stick to the events, not the emotions surrounding them. Why? Does it make you uncomfortable? I don't want to play this game. I've been assigned to talk to you, to figure out whether or not you're telling the truth. Even if you are, I have no memory of meeting you. And I certainly have no memory of feeling anything for you. You might remember a relationship between us, but as far as I'm concerned, it didn't exist. I see. Yeah, you got such a way with the girls there, Chakotay, but... And it's, you know, trying to get info, that's probably I'm not sorry. the best way to do it. I just want to make it clear how I feel. Of course. Is there anything I can do for you? Can I have your pudding? Gladly. And you're forgiven. Chakotay and Callan report to the bridge immediately. It's the tracers. They found me. Of course, the ship rocks and she falls sort of into Chakotay's arms there, who catches her, but... We don't detect any ships. I'm assuming these are your people in cloaked vessels. They've come to take me back. Harry, hail them. They won't answer. She's right, yeah, Captain. Kate Moe no grew uh, Janeway in this episode, and I think some of these episodes in their season four, she's got this weird little hairdo. There. I don't really Matt care for it very much. It's kind of a, a short little uh, no bob. I don't know Shields if you call it. That's, I'm no expert on uh, hairdos, but I don't know. There's, they were trying different things, I remember, at this time, I think. This one I don't think really worked very well, at least in my view. Tom, get us out of here. That last volley damaged our propulsion systems. We have thrusters only. Captain. If you'll let me have access to your sensor systems, I can modify them to detect the ships. Do it. This is the moment you cut down. Either we give her up or we fire back. Which one is it? Fire. I think you might be able to detect them now, but only for a minute or two. Harry. Affirmative. Two heavily armed ships off the port bow. Can we get them on screen? That's the best I can do. Tuvok, target their weapon systems. Firing. Well done. Stand yeah, I guess those alert. ships are not uh, tough enough well, to handle Voyager, which, uh, it's a nice change. You know, Voyager well, always got so beat up all the time. So many things they I ran into over the seasons really did a job on them, and, the uh, it just, uh, it's nice to see so them have a little bit of an upper hand here. Mind, you wouldn't be able to get back. I won't change my mind. But I must warn you, the tracers won't give up that easily. Your ship is still at risk. Nothing we haven't faced before. That's true. I was true. unable to make a temporary modification to your sensors. If you'd let me access your astrometric processors, I could make that modification permanent. You'll need a command officer with you to override the security lockouts. I can do that, Captain. Go ahead. Tom, coordinate with engineering to get the propulsion systems back online. I'm on it, Captain. So what is that? Just like, uh, hey, get the engines fixed, okay? We need them. Uh, okay, to Paris out. All right. <laughs> oh, I think that's we'll the cold medicine talking. Sorry. Is something wrong? I can't relax until we're far enough away that they realize they can't get me back. And to my knowledge, that's never happened before. There's always a first time. I have a this high is uh, interesting, too, with uh, uh, this, exactly Kellen, this alien, you know, played by uh, Virginia Shall Madsen again. It's one of the first times, or one of the only times I remember them giving, like, way. a pointed ear type uh, look them. to an alien other than Vulcans. And uh, along with that, no other real obvious, like, alien you know, nose or, or weird person. chin or anything like it's that. They just give her this sort of double-pointed ear, which is uh, kind of different, I thought, it's and uh, a little unique back. in the uh, alien world of Trek. And sometime, you might be interested in 
hearing about our last night together. Evening, Commander. Craving a late-night snack? No, something to help me sleep. Got any ideas? I know humans think warm milk will do it. Frankly, I find it repulsive. I agree. What's available in the tea area? Herbal is best. Uh, I have several Terran varieties, uh, as well as some more exotic blends. Just mix me up whatever you think is the most relaxing. Problems? Forgive me, I wasn't trying to pry. I know that. I'm just not I like sure the scene here you. between Neelix and Chakotay. You don't get to, to see that a lot on Voyager, and it's kind of well, nice. She, she he's sort of like the Guinan here on I'm Voyager. Sure he gets to hear different people and their problems. Forgive me, Commander. But sometimes it's best to be straightforward. It's obvious how she feels about you. To me, at least, I, I see how she looks at you. Might that be the source of your consternation? She says she, or rather we, fell in love when she was here before. Since I can't remember any of that, I don't know if it's true. But somehow it's hard to believe. Why is that? I don't know. Just doesn't seem like me. I'm still suspicious of her. I don't know if she's using me in some way just for her own purposes. You don't trust her. Not really. May I suggest that maybe it's yourself you don't trust, your own feelings that you're afraid of? Sweet dreams. That's yeah, a very uh, insightful on Neelix's part here. It's it's Chakotay. He's just not believing what he's probably feeling deep down about the way, uh, you know, what she means to him a little bit here, even after just such a brief time. I couldn't sleep. I need to talk to you. May I come in? Is, do, do, does anyone else listening to this audio-wise think that she sounds a lot like uh, the the uh, actress or Jennifer uh, Jennifer Lean? Us. Is that how you say her last name? Who played Kess? Listen her to her voice. Gosh, it, it really does. After I'm listening to this and the audio through the earphones I'm listening in, it just she sounds a lot us? like Jennifer Lean. Of course, now they don't say anything when I shut up. Okay. I'm not one to hold back, as you may have noticed, so I'll get to the point. Oh, that's weird. I came here because of you. I knew you wouldn't remember me. But I was sure we could regain the feelings we had before. It's, you know, not exact match, of course, but it's very, very close. Uh, it's really know. interesting. I've never noticed that before, how much they sound alike. But now I'm not so sure. My being here puts this ship at risk. It's better for everyone if I go back to Remora. So please be honest. If you feel nothing for me, just tell me, and I'll leave. Don't go. Ah, so he does feel it. And it uh, gives her a little nice smile there. It's called ice cream. I'm surprised you didn't have any the last time you were here. I could eat this every day. Then you should. <laughs> Voyager is a very powerful ship. And very fast. We've met people with ships that are faster and more powerful. But Voyager's always managed to be a match for the best of them. Well, I don't know about that, but, uh, you know, you guys sometimes the just have to leave and run, but... They could stay up with this ship. 
What are we drinking today? Let's see. Gatorade Fruit Punch, I think it is. Red. We'll keep you safe. Uh, I That's hate being promise. sick. Sorry, everyone. I a tracer hope my never voice goes home too bad this week. The disgrace would be too great. When I was here before, I'd been tracking that man for almost a year. But you know all the tricks. You can use them against anyone who tries to come after you. You said you were going to tell me about our last night together. Let me show you. Oh, boy. Wait a minute. This is you TV PG uh, only. In this chair. And I was here. And we were drinking something with bubbles. Champagne? Yes. I wanted to celebrate. I'd caught my runaway that day with your help. How was that? You came up with the idea of using a magneton sweep to disrupt his polarization cloak. We knew he'd be watching me closely, so... we tricked him. I'm sorry you didn't get your fugitive. He must have jumped to another ship while Voyager was in orbit of Micah last week. I'll find him eventually. Now another uh, flashback scene here of uh, Thank you, when she was on Voyager before. Problem. I'll handle it from now on. Just beam me back to my ship, and I'll backtrack to Micah. Goodbye, and thank you again. Ready to energize. Hello, Reskin. You are a real challenge. I haven't had the chance to welcome you to Voyager. Too bad you'll be leaving so soon. We put him in the brig. Once I used the neurolytic emitter on him, he was only too happy to be going home again. Neurolytic emitter? We use it on runaways. It wipes their memories of the outside world. So we were celebrating? You'd become much more than a friend to me. But I knew I had to go home and you'd forget about me within hours. So I took the initiative. More than usual. Oh, yes. There's also something I was just thinking about about this episode that it sort of reminds me of, and that's the uh, the movie uh, Logan's Run. You know, she's this uh, kind of bounty hunter who chases after runaways, just like Logan did in the in the movie. And you know, in essence, she becomes one of them uh, as as time goes on when certain things happen. So, and again, Logan's Run, he uh, he's this sort of police guy. He chases after runners. People try and sort of leave the uh, city and the system, and and then eventually he has to become one of those as well. And there's you know the same element here. She's sort of this tracer, this bounty hunter person, cop, I guess. And then now she's on the run herself from her people. And now the romance begins again between uh, Kellen and Chicote, and. It's, it's it's kind of nice because you know Chicote even though he does you know there was that uh, girl in the first season and who goes off with the Kazan uh, and then uh, you know you don't really get a chance to see him have this relationship very often eventually he starts to sort of have one with Seven of Nine later on in Voyager but that doesn't of course exactly pan out. Kellen's going to be with us. The captain wants her to serve a function, to contribute in some way. A reasonable expectation. What are her skills? Basically, she was a security operative for her people. She's a trained expert in weaponry, surveillance, fighting skills. Any idea where she might fit in? Mr. Neelix could use an assistant in the mess hall. Tuvok. That was a joke. Don't deny it. You were trying to be funny. If you choose to interpret my remark as humorous... That is your decision. I do. And it was. It's perfectly logical. All the qualities you mentioned would help in defending Neelix against the periodic wrath of the crew. <laughs> Maybe so. Another joke. Don't you think wow, that's be two, for, a member of two for two for two Perhaps. I'll assign her to a team and let her observe for a week. At the end of that time, I'll evaluate her situation. Good enough. Commander, I've been giving some thought to the fact that the Remoran ships might be in pursuit and could attack us again. I've given that some thought myself. Their proton weapons were particularly effective against us. If Kellen would work with Seven and Ensign Kim, 
Perhaps we could devise a strategy to defend ourselves. I'm sure she'd be happy to do that. Have her report to Astrometrics at 1300 hours. You know, one thing they're not really covering a whole lot in this episode is, is this memory problem that's going to start console. to happen where they're going to start to forget her fairly soon. Isn't that a bit of an issue for her staying on Voyager for a long time? It's like being hit with it's thousands like of they, needles. You know, they, they can uh, penetrate they told, any shield. She said it at the beginning of it, but, uh, you know, she's, they haven't really, no you know, paid attention or done anything about it. So it's a little weird. I, I don't understand why I that's not so. coming up more, especially Kellen seems like she would be thinking about that, like, all the time right now. I think we could do that by tying the Baryon sensors into deflector control. Here's what I have in mind. Why don't you look this over and let me know what you think? I'll do it right away. By the way, I hear Chakotay recommended you to Tuvok to serve on a security detail. I want to help out in some way. A word of advice. Volunteer for Beta Squad. They're the best team. You'll learn a lot from them. I will. Thank you. When you mentioned Commander Chakotay's name, she flushed. He did the same when he saw her. What are you saying? I suspect the Commander and Kellen are engaged in a courtship ritual. Seems an unnecessary and complicated precursor to the act of procreation. <laughs> I know you think so. Ah, uh, seven of nine. Some people need those rituals. Explain. It's... It's usually considered a good idea if two people get to know each other a little before they become... intimate. Why is that? <laughs> because it's more comfortable. You spend some time together, you laugh, you talk. That makes it easier to... to get closer. But the end result is the same, is it not? Well, I guess so. Then I fail to see what is accomplished by all the talk. Seven, uh, if you Kellen, don't get it, then I can't right, not Kellen, I'm sorry. Seven Obviously. of nine, you'd be a great first date. Of course, as time goes on, Seven does start to explore that aspect more. Actually, she, she explores it with Chakotay, so maybe there was a little bit of a, an influence in this episode uh, for uh, for what uh, what was to come later in, in Voyager. Now this scene here that's going on, Kellen's kind of walking down the corridor, but she keeps looking like around her and behind her like she's being followed. I should have known. We must have gotten somebody on board during the battle. You're jumping to conclusions. No, there's a tracer. He's here. He's come for me. Runner. That broken base was a warning. We'll protect you. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. Kind of makes sense late. why those ships no. broke off so easily, too. The they got somebody aboard to, to follow her to, we'll to find capture her. Send him on his way. I'm afraid I can't let that happen. Karnath, don't. Chakotay to security. Intruder alert my quarters. Please. I beg you, don't do this. You know better than to ask that, Kellen. No! Drop it! Drop it! You're too late. She's already beginning to forget everything that's happened here. So he blasted her with one of those little, uh, whatever it is that makes it so their memories are wiped. interesting uh, uh turn of events and the you know it's the, this whole episode is about uh you know memory and, and what it means you know if you don't have your memory you really you, that that's all that you've got to uh to know what you think and feel about other things and people and places and items or whatever it's fade. it's all that really you don't are is your happen. is your memory don't let this happen do you have any idea how we can reverse the effect Promise me, if I forget why I'm here, if I forget you, do what I did, and you'll tell me all about us, and you'll help me to remember. That's a sad uh, scene here. But I'm going to try to do more than that. 
just a little uh, word of warning. It might get a little noisy from me here in a, in a minute or two. Uh, I usually record, of course, down here in my little basement uh, computer setup area, but I might have a couple of visitors come down, the dog and stuff here shortly, but just letting you know, it, uh, it might get no a little idea. noisy. As far as I know, no one's ever tried. Then I'll be the first. Tell me how the emitter works, how it affects the memory centers. You sound desperate, Commander. Does Kellen mean that much to you? What you're doing is wrong. She wants to stay here. This is futile. Even if I knew how the emitter works, I wouldn't tell you. Uh-oh, force field's down. Trouble. <laughs> you have no right to do this. I have every right. The laws on our world are very specific about that. No one may leave. No one may reveal anything about us to the outside world. Kellen has violated both of those edicts. Returning her will serve as a deterrent to others who might think of leaving. Did it ever occur to you that the fact that so many people want to leave might mean that there's something wrong with your society? We have a strong and cohesive society because of our efforts to keep it that way. A few runaways among millions hardly indicates a problem. If there are so few, why not let them go? That would suggest that we don't care about them. What a terrible message. You may have wiped her memory, but Kellen's not going back. Maybe we should wait and see if that's what happens. She made it clear to me that she wants to stay here. So maybe you should start practicing what you're going to tell your superiors. I was wondering when I watched the, the this episode, why they didn't just take this little device that wiped her memory and shoot this guy with it? You know, hey, maybe if you forget what you're doing here and what's going on, you uh, you could leave and not to worry about her anymore, and then she would slowly get yes. her memory back. But who knows? The doctor told me he'd released you. How are you feeling? I'm fine. Do I know you? Yes. At least you did. You'll have to forgive me, but I don't remember how I got here or anything else that's happened in at least the past few weeks. I know. I hope I wasn't throwing things in a fit of rage. No. I assume a tracer is here to take me back. That's right. What I'm going to say will sound strange. Now the uh, roles here, of course, are reversed versus when she first came aboard. Now Chakotay is the but one that you asked me to do. remembers and is going to try to help her remember again. You came here about a month ago, looking for a runaway. After you left with him, you decided to come back. But if I finished my assignment, why would I come back here? Because you'd fallen in love with me. Forgive me, you're certainly attractive, but what you're telling me seems very unlikely. But it's what happened. We started to work together, and I began to realize how unique you are. Seems long, like this would be something that she could swallow pretty easily, especially since their are whole society has this whole well? memory technology and memory yes. inhibiting uh, pheromone that they release. And then we realized the tracer was. It on seems board. again. That it would After be something on you, she could easily believe in when somebody says, hey, this. remember me, so you would know what happened we fell in love, this all, this happened, blah, blah, blah. This is uh, it would be like, a little unsettling. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, I guess that could have happened since I don't remember anything in the last two or three weeks. Me. Kellen, don't go back with the tracer. Stay here for a while, at least for a few days. We can get to know each other again. I honestly can't imagine what would be served by that. I have to go home. If you stayed, you might change your mind. Then that's all the more reason that I should leave now. And one I other thought on this is, it seems to me that she would have some 
you know. And I wouldn't want to make that mistake again. Even even before meeting up and falling in love with Chicote, that she would have had something in the back of her head or some reason wish... for wanting to leave her people. It would still be there. I, I don't know. You know, it wouldn't have just uh, I wish we happened had overnight. Circumstances. Yeah, Chicote's having a hard time with this one. Kind of reminds me of uh, that episode of the original series, Requiem for Methuselah, where uh, Kirk falls in love with uh, that uh, woman named Reyna on the planet, and it's a very difficult situation. He eventually comes back for the Enterprise, back to his his life and everything. And Spock goes in at the end of the episode and does a little mind melt on Kirk to to have him forget about her, to to kind of save him the pain of all of that. It will be as though we never existed. It's better that way. You're such a kind person. I won't forget that. I wish you both the best. It's also just, you know, letting her go like this, even though she did want asylum earlier, seems a little just too easy for them, but I guess there's not really much choice. He did try to, to you know, convince her to stay, and but she doesn't Energize. want to. First officer's personal log, stardate 51813.4. Maybe it would be best, as the tracer said, to forget about Kellen and the time she spent here. But I don't want to do that. I want to remember we're coffee, Commander. No, thanks. I'm almost done. Strange to see you using those ancient writing implements. Ah, oh, it's the only way I could get a permanent record of what's happened in the last few days. I want to get it down before I forget it all. I'm sorry things didn't work out for you. I've been trying to make sense of it. I fell in love with her twice. I thought she could do the same. We were the same two people on the same ship. Why didn't it happen again? I keep going over and over our last conversation, trying to think if there was something I could have said, could have done. But nothing comes to mind. Commander, I don't think you can analyze love. It's the greatest mystery of all. No one knows why it happens or doesn't. Love is a chance combination of elements. Any one thing might be enough to keep it from igniting. A mood, a glance, remark. And if we could define love, predict it, it would probably lose its power. I'll let you finish. A nice little... You know, Cap scene kind of uh, echoing the one that Chicote and Neelix had earlier, too, about uh, talking about things. And uh, when he was having trouble sleeping, fits real well for the episode to end it that way. And he's just, you know, writing on a piece of paper with this weird electronic pen, you know, to uh, so he won't forget about her. And that's it. That's uh, Star Trek Voyager's fourth season episode unforgettable and it's it's a fun episode interesting i guess fun probably isn't the best word you know it's a, it's a little bittersweet in the end of it all but he, he you know he does want to remember about her so he's writing it all down which like he said he, he could have just you know swept it under the rug and it would probably cause him less problems and pain and that in the future but he doesn't want to do that he wants to remember uh, there was a good, the last uh, episode the last that they did of Star Trek New Voyages, it kind of touched upon that idea a little bit, and uh, there was a situation with uh, Sulu on that episode, and he has to uh, decide whether he wants to remember something or not, and he decides that he wants to, and it, it, it's, a, it's a real powerful episode. Check that out, Star Trek New Voyages, uh, World Enough and Time, or World Enough of Time and Time. It's it's hard for me to remember the title of that one. It was kind of a little weird. I thought the the wording of it, but anyway, check out the in Star Trek New Voyages for that uh, episode. I'm going to take a short break, and I'll be right back. Our host, 
Rico, we'll be right back with more sci-fi goodness on Treks in Sci-Fi. Okay, folks, uh, I'm back. Uh, I'm not going to do anything collectible-wise this week. Uh, I did want to mention, though, I'm not going to do a review of a specific item or anything, but I did want to mention that there are a lot of uh, new Star Trek items coming out in the next few months, lots of little doodads and uh, unusual Trek things. I'll put a uh, a link to uh, a short article about that. And, of course, probably early in 2009, and, and they'll be announcing a lot of the movie tie-in merchandising that I'm sure we'll be seeing. Uh, and it'll be nice to see some uh, merchandise of Trek, some some figures and, and stuff back in the stores. You know, these past few years, most of the stuff, Trek merchandise and the action figure line and that kind of stuff has all been online primarily. I haven't really seen it out in the usual Toys R Uses and Targets and Walmarts and all that. But there will be some stuff coming in the next year, and, and we'll have some things on the shelves. But... Uh, and uh, that's just going to wrap it up for this week. I, I hope, again, my voice didn't sound too terrible. Uh, I'm trying to muddle through. And I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to my uh, take on Unforgettable, a, a fun, a, a romantic uh, Voyager type of episode, and some other news that I had earlier in the show. Uh, if you ever want to get in touch with me, treksf at gmail.com. The voicemail line is 206-666-127. Send some comments in about uh, Trek or other things that you're seeing at the movies and TV that you might want to comment or talk about. Next week's podcast, uh, I am trying to set up an interview with somebody, uh, actually two people, uh, that have done some interesting Trek uh, photography. And, uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. I don't know if it's going to happen for next weekend. I'm I'm trying to get it set up and get everything in line. But if it doesn't, I'll probably come back with a a more typical episode. Uh, Just check the treksinsci-fi.com website uh, for more details as I um, get them. Until then, everyone, take care and enjoy the uh, summer weather. Bye-bye for this week. For more information on Treks and Sci-Fi, visit the Treks and Sci-Fi website at www.treksinsci-fi.com This has been a Rico Dostey production. All right,